It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder lose to the Phoenix Suns. However, are they back on track even with this loss? Plus, what the season looks like moving forward into the last week of the NBA season. We'll talk about all that coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks. The Oklahoma City Thunder do lose to the Suns, but it feels like they're more back on track after this loss. Where did the Thunder go from here with just a week left in the season? Kevin Durant remains incredible. SGA drops 39, and Wiggins is great off the bench again. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can use a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com from a code Locked On. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And in this game, it was best on best. The only players out for OKC were their season enders in Chet and uh, Kenny Hustle. Those two guys are out for the season. No players hurt for the Suns. Everyone's fully healthy. Uh, in this game, Trey Mann, Pokashevsky, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Olivier Saar, and Jared Butler do not play. Uh, but other than that, they played 10 players. Um, nine of them got 10 or more minutes. Only eight of them got 11 or more minutes. So a really shrunkated rotation for Mark and this Thunder team. OKC went with SGA, Josh, Giddy, Lou, Dort, Jalen Williams, and Jalen Williams to start this game. The Suns start with their great lineup. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Josh Okoji, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton. This is a great Suns team, and they're unbeaten with Kevin Durant active. But despite the loss, this is still a great game for OKC. The Thunder fall 128-118, but they played with great energy. They had great effort on both ends of the floor. The crowd was alive in this game, and the crowd really stepped up. Uh, I'm interested to see what the crowd looks like for the home finale. It's the home finale. Uh, it could be a, a win-or-go-home game, but it is on Easter at 2.30, so it's kind of a weird start time to get to, uh, given everything that goes on on Sunday. But the crowd was into it today. The crowd was engaged into the game. They were booing Kevin Durant each time he touched the ball. We'll talk about that tomorrow and like kind of if that should continue or not. Let me know in the comments what you believe. But the crowd was awesome. But the defense specifically was much better. Like, do not get lost in the fact that the Thunder gave up 128 points and do not get lost in the fact that at the end of this game, Kevin Durant had two open corner triples. Uh, yes, don't leave Kevin Durant open in the corner. That, that is a very obvious uh, statement that everyone on planet Earth can agree with. But 
The Suns are overwhelming offensively. The Suns are incredible on that end of the floor. And they hit some wildly difficult shots where there's nothing you can do but watch the ball go in with them. Like You can play impeccable defense at times, the Thunder did, and the Suns will still hit their shots. That's why uh, it, it's really going to be difficult to beat them in a four game, you know, four times out of seven, because you just have to hope that the Suns have off nights offensively. There's not much you can do to affect it. There's not much you can do to change the outcome. And with this group, I'm not sure that Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton will have four off nights out of seven. That's a very tough ask. So the defense played much better, although it won't necessarily appear that way in the box score. But if you watch the game, you know that this team played a lot better overall. And then the Thunder missed some opportunities. I mean, they had some open uh, shots that could have really swung this game. Uh, a couple open threes that did not fall in the midst of OKC runs where the building was just ready to implode. Uh, the Thunder could not knock down some open shots. And then the, the block to seal the game where Kevin Durant blocks SGA. Uh, it had had he not blocked SGA shot from behind, uh, it would have been 118 to 113. So like a five-point game with... 143 left, still very manageable, still very doable. Uh, but from there, you've got to scramble back. You, you can't get back and recover from that uh, in transition, and, and the game just kind of gets out of hand at that point. OKC got down by 16 points at one point, but they once led by seven thanks to a brilliant 9-2 to run. So OKC gets out to this great run. The Suns respond, and then they start to overwhelm the Thunder offensively, but the Thunder keep punching, keep fighting. There were eight lead changes, five times tied. Here's the key in this, and if we're going to if we're going to, kind of pounce on Mark for talking about the process last week, and we're going to pounce on every little thing that he does. The Thunder go on that massive third-quarter run, which they, they typically do, and they outscore the, the Suns in that frame by five points. And so to start the fourth quarter, SGA starts on the bench because that's his normal routine, and the Thunder, with, without Shea on the floor, get this game within four points. And earlier this season, Mark was asked about, you know, whenever the, whenever the team kind of ends so, so strong to the third, is there any sense of wanting to have uh, Shea start the fourth or any sense of wanting to bring back Shea early? They didn't bring back Shea early tonight. And earlier in this season, he said, look, to be a great team, to get where we want to go, you can't just just rely on one man to drag you there. And he said it sends a bad message to the team whenever you uh, just break glass in case of emergency type of thing where you bring back Shea uh, super early. It's, it shows a message of you don't trust them. And that trust that he put in the team way back then now panned out in this game gets one of the best offenses in the league where you kept pace with them. Like Again, the Thunder um, were getting stops the best you could against the Suns, but the Suns were still scoring. And the Thunder kept some pace with them to get it down to four, uh, and SGA returns down five in in that game. And then the, Th the Thunder still lose, and it, and it kind of gets out of hand at times in, in the end of the game. But still, they were right there uh, for the majority of the fourth quarter, and it was because of the non-Shea minutes. And that's a huge growing experience. It's a huge um, boost of confidence or trust or whatever words you want to put on it. That, that's what the season's all about. It's about being able to say or see or, or, or learn how to learn, how, learning how to play when Shea's not on the floor with you. Whenever you can't just say, all right, the Suns went on a 5-0 run, Shea bail us out here with a tough mid-range bucket. Like you've got to manufacture uh, offense. You've got to um, play more uh, of a different style. And they were able to do that at a very high clip today, so that was good for them. The Thunder won on the glass 41-38. to OKC forced 13 turnovers and only gave the ball away eight times. The Thunder tied points in the paint, 46-all, with the Suns. OKC won second chance points by 15, but they lost fast break points 6-2. to Here's the kicker, like we mentioned. 
the Suns shot 56-38-82. In the first half, they were like 60-40-90. Uh, they were just a really good, good shot-making team. The Thunder shot 41-35-85. and 85. Four Suns in double figures, five Thundermen in double figures in this game. But the Thunder lost this game, but it felt like they were back, they were back on track. They are back where they want to be in terms of the tempo, in terms of the energy, in terms of the effort that they're giving on both ends of the floor. And the Thunder will likely find themselves playing next week. We'll, we'll see that coming up about where the Thunder stand right now. And you'd much rather go into next week if you're fortunate enough to make it there uh, on a note of kicking it back into gear versus the lethargic nature of what last week's games looked like uh, against the against the Hornets and the Pistons and the Pacers and the and the uh, Trailblazers. Like, you'd rather look like this, even if you end up losing some of these games this week. So we'll talk about where the Thunder stand coming up. We'll talk about kind of what Dallas is doing and, and if the Thunder will be playing games after Easter. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Prize Picks, folks. Prize Picks is awesome. If you're a first-time user, use the code LOCKDOWN. Get 100% deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is on the app or prizepicks.com. Folks, it's simple. It is just you versus the projected numbers, so you don't got to worry about playing an opponent or matching up with somebody who just knows more info than you or insight than you because they study this stuff. It's just you versus the projections, how you feel a player or players will do. You pick two to six players and guess will they score more or less than their prize pick projections, and you can win 25 times your money in any entry. There's no competing against other players at all. You can pick from NBA players, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college uh, football, and men and women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basket, cricket, and more. And you can even combine them. Like You can pick uh, a baseball player and an NBA player. So like Tuesday, you could pick... Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. over under one and a half hits and then SGA over under 25 and a half points. And it's that simple. Uh, you can combine the two and just sit back and watch and see how things will trend. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, secure, and offers fast withdrawals. It's operational in over 30 states in Canada. So check it out today by using the code locked on. That's code locked on, 100% deposit match up to $100 at, at, at price picks. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode, including on YouTube. Let me know on YouTube what you think. Will the Thunder be playing basketball after Easter uh, or not? Here's where they stand right now. They stand at 38-41. and 41. They're a game up on Dallas with a tiebreaker over the Mavericks, so the Mavericks would have to flip this on its head and be two games better than OKC. A game out of the ninth seed, which what does that mean? It means that the Thunder would be hosting the play-in game. So the ninth seed is still in the realm of possibility for the Thunder. They're only a game out of the ninth seed, just like Dallas is only a game out of the play-in. Um, and if, if they did get it, it'd be huge because you're playing that game in the Paycom Center. If the Paycom Center is going to show up the way they showed up tonight, uh, that'd be really special. But this week, the Thunder have a very tough schedule. Uh, at 
Warriors at Jazz versus Grizzlies. Now, the Thunder have played up and down to their competition most of this season, so that bodes well for OKC in the sense of you're playing the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Uh, and just as an interesting note, it's tough to play in Utah because it's, it's the altitude, and Jadup has told me that you know it's, it's tough to, to kind of catch your wind in Utah. But Utah, by that point in the season, almost assuredly will have packed it in because they just don't have a shot to make the play, and it wouldn't make sense to not pack it in. You might as well boost your odds as best you can this last week of the season whenever you don't have a shot to make it in the play-in. Whenever you look at it that way because you're boosting your odds at getting Victor, who is just a fantastic player. And every year, we've seen a team jump up, and we've seen a team leap up into that top four. You would want it to be this year for you if, if you have another trend continue that way where you do jump up. And for the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies at home, home finale, afternoon game. We know how funky afternoon games are. We pointed that out a couple weekends ago, and then they beat the Suns. But the Grizzlies are also two games up right now on that second seed. So they could have that locked up by Sunday. And at that point, why not just get your guys some rest? And even if they still play, because, you know, rest over rust, but even if they still play, maybe they won't play a full 30, 35-minute workload in that game. So that's something to look at as well. There's also no more back-to-backs uh, in this season. There's a day off tomorrow. Uh, there's days off in between these games to where uh, you can kind of rebuild or, or, or regenerate that stamina, which the Thunder were playing on fumes over the last week because they played 17 games in the month of March. So it's huge to get that rest and, and that um, recovery. And it's going to come down to any combination of the two, of, of two Thunder wins, two Mavs losses of this next three games. As of right now, that's kind of the magic number. And the Thunder, they will play at Golden State, at Utah, and at home against Memphis. The Mavericks will play at home all three games. They'll play the Kings. They'll play the Bulls. They'll play the Spurs. They should beat the Spurs. That's obvious. Okay, Just like the Thunder should beat the Jazz. That's obvious. Bulls and Kings, though, are, are, are spicy, especially whenever you, t- you talk about this Dallas team who, you know, despite having, having Luka and despite having Kyrie, they just haven't figured it out. They've, they've won like four games since the trade deadline. This has not been a good team and not, not been a well-coached team at all in Dallas. And they have two stars, so you can't ever count them out. And, and even if they do flip this on its head and they make the play-in and the Thunder don't, you wouldn't count them out in a play-in game because they have Luka and Kyrie, and then there'd be kicking it into gear, so to say. But in general, the, the data points that we have that in you know blind resume tests that we have suggest OKC should cling to this 10th seed and should be in the postseason after Easter. But they still got to earn it. They still got to work to get there. And if the season ended today, OKC would go to Minnesota. So they'd fly out to Minnesota. They'd play the Timberwolves. The winner of that game would go play the winner of LA and New Orleans. Big deal in who wins that game also. Not only for like your matchup, but also you'd be flying from Minnesota at that point to LA if LA loses. And if it's New Orleans, it's a much kind of easier, I guess, trek considering you wouldn't be jumping those time zones. But nonetheless, you'd play the, the loser of that game um, of the New Orleans and LA game because the winner of that game goes straight to playing on Memphis and then the loser of that game goes to play the winner of OKC Minnesota and then the winner of that game OKC uh, OKC or Minnesota versus LA or, or New Orleans would then go play the Nuggets if they won so there it is it's all set up in front of them with a week to go and no matter how this shakes out no matter what happens uh, even if they miss the postseason you're saying golly you know if they could have gotten that Indiana game if they could have gotten that 
Rockets game, but they could have gotten that, that Hornets game. No matter what's happening at the end of this, in a week's time, as we sit here uh, at 11.33 on Sunday next, you know, next week, it's been a heck of a ride. It's been a really, really, really fun season. The Thunder are ahead of schedule. The Thunder remain in incredible um, position for the future, and they remain with some of the brightest future uh, in the league. And if they win two of these three games, they'll finish with 40 wins on the season. That is that is just awesome. That's awesome stuff. Uh, so we'll talk about all of that throughout the week and after every game. We're going to be here for you. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown Thunder Podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. But right now, let's talk about Shea. I mean, how special is SGA? 39 points, two steals, one of them to start the game whenever KD posted him up and then he just goes and, and pokes it free as it, as it goes high to KD's hand. Uh, pokes it free, gets a steal, it starts a break, and that, that was the catalyst to that 9-2 run for OKC. Five assists, three rebounds. SGA went 17 for 17 at the free throw line, 50% from the floor, did not take a three-pointer, and it's just a variety of ways that he scores in this game. He has a elbow step back over Aiton, who is on his heels trying to defend the rim, which Shea's a prolific rim scorer, so you're going to want to do that, but he can just stop on a dime and then hit an elbow jumper over you. He had the uh, floater over DeAndre Ayton, who had his arm stretched out and uh, you know was looking to contest a shot and did contest a shot, but you also, by the same token, you don't want to foul, so you can't really jump into him. You can't really jump on the play, and he just hits a floater right over uh, DeAndre Ayton. He had the layup through Devin Booker, who was just too weak to guard him, and that's kind of an undersold point of SGA's game because he gets billed as this kind of herky-jerky, um, finesse player. He's also just added on brute strength in this in this season where he's just knocking guys off their spot. Remember, he did it to Tar Eason a few times against Houston uh, and then just goes through Booker here where he can do both. Uh, he also had a great play where he split defenders at the top, uh, you know, at the top of the elbow, kind of top of the key area, where he split Aiton uh, and a wing defender for Phoenix. The mid-range jumper over an outstretched KD was brilliant to see because of all that it means historically to Thunder fans, and then also some great passes. His his, abil- his ability to understand that hey, if I just dribble the ball out, you know, if I just dribble the ball and kind of lull the Suns to sleep, they're going to give all the attention to me. They're going to rotate over to me, and I can just fling this out to Sarge. He'll hit a triple, and we get three points out of it. That was a really good play. He had this wraparound bounce pass to Josh Giddy, which you normally see that in the inverse, uh, but it was great to see SGA do it. And then here's a play that I really want to see if it can materialize into more and, and turn into a, a tree where it just has a bunch of different branches off of it. It was SGA goes up in the air, you know, just past the elbow, looking around the baseline area, uh, you know, of this play. Goes up in the air, is looking like he's going to shoot a mid-range shot, Obviously, the defenders understand he is a great mid-range player, so now the focus turns to contesting SGA, getting in position to box out just in case he misses. And at mid-air, he passes it off to J-Will, who's in the dunker spot, and J-Will hits that little push shot from the dunker spot, which he's really good at um, in his career, both in the G League and in the NBA. You know, Getting the defense frozen in the air by you g- jumping up in the mid-range and then being able to spray out off of that, can be a really good weapon for SGA, especially as this team continues to add um, offensive pieces around him, but also just in general in the here and now. By doing that in a measured, control way, 
where you don't jump in the air without a plan, but you jump in the air understanding, hey, the way that I react in this play, the defenses has to defenses have to react off of it, and you can really put them in a bind at that point if you're SGA. And then for SGA, he also played his normal minutes in this one. I'm not sure if that was, it could be a lot of different things. It could be happenstance. Just, it just so happened to work out that way. It could be there weren't stoppages in the first and third quarter to get him out of there. And it could just be, hey, it's the Suns at home wanting to try to go win it. It could be anything. Uh, he played 12 minutes in the first, six, you know, six-ish minutes in the, in the second, 12 minutes in the third, six-ish minutes in the, uh, in the fourth. Like that, that's his normal pattern. That, that's what he does. He, he plays, all the four, uh, plays all the first, plays all the third, returns anywhere from the five to seven-minute mark in the, in the other two quarters. It was great to see it. We hadn't seen it since the abdominal injury that we that that, that we saw him sustain uh, a few weeks ago. You know that that kind of held him out. Who knows? Who knows if that's what we see moving forward? There's just something to monitor about SGA as we continue to progress in the last week of the season, for at least the regular season. Will they be playing past this? Let me know in the comment section down below what you think. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off of your next order. Folks, they have so many great options. Built Bar is a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's filling. You can use it pre-workout or post-workout or even as a meal replacement or a snack. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, they have a brand new flavor. I've been hyping up cookies and cream this entire time. I understand that. This brand new flavor, though... It might take the number one spot. It might take over cookies and cream because Built Bar has introduced a Built Puff Bar, which is Snicker Doodle Chunk. That's 15 grams of protein. That's 160 calories. It's a bar with only eight grams of sugar. It tastes like Snicker Doodle, which is incredible. The best cookie ever made. You're going to want to go check it out over at Built.com and uh, check out Lock 15 as well when you go to Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Check out the Locked On NBA show for the national perspective, both this week, which is very important for OKC, playoff preview week, which we hope is important for OKC, and of course, beyond their five days a week over there as well. Uh, so check it out, Locked On NBA. Look, Lou Dort played really good in this game. Great job on defense, given the circumstances. He was everywhere. He was swarming. He was intense. He brought the energy. He brought the juice. He brought the intensity, as the crowd did. He did draw that foul on Devin Booker, which is great. But he went two for seven from beyond the arc. You'll take that. 14 points, eight rebounds, two assists. And his rim finishing continues to be terrible. I've talked about how bad it has been. It's historically bad. Um... He might have the yips around the rim. I don't know, because he shouldn't be that bad around the rim. But I will say, and I always caveat with this, like I understand why fans would like to be frustrated with this, and you have the total right to, because uh, unlike you know a guy like Josh Giddy, who we all think should get better around the rim, he's actually Josh Giddy's actually gotten better both years. Like obviously, it's not where it's not where you want it to be for Josh Giddy. Like it's it, it doesn't mean just stop here, but he has improved 
year over year in rim finishing, which has only been two years, but still. Uh, as for Lou Dort, he's gone the other way, where he's just he's not gotten better. He's gotten worse every single year to the point where now it's at a historically bad level and is just um, not very good. I think that with Lou Dort, it's important to remember that he didn't get um, last summer to develop his finishing. He told us at Media Day that he uh, spent last summer focusing more on decision-making because he still had that shoulder injury hampering him. There were finishing and finishing through contact and finishing around the rim, which is really hard to work on with that shoulder injury. And to his credit, he has gotten, he, he said he worked on it over the summer and he has gotten better at decision-making at the rim. That's just exactly what's happened for him. And so giving him that benefit of the doubt of, hey, he admitted he couldn't work on it that much over the summer, but what he did work on, he did improve. It, it leads you to believe that this, you know, 24-year-old can can improve again this summer whenever he's actually healthy enough to work on his rim finishing because he has the body to. He has the he has the body too, and he has the flashes too. Like there's those flashes where he posterizes you at the rim, and it looks like a, a great finish. And then there's times where he just misses wide open bunnies. And so I get it if you if you want to write him off as a terrible rim finisher for the rest of his career, that's totally fair at this point. Like he, he, it's four or five years now where he hasn't been good. Um, so I totally understand that. But I will say there's still a sliver of hope. Don't 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 write it in sharpie yet. Write it. You can even write it in ballpoint pen. Just don't do it in sharpie. Because I feel like Sharpie, it's harder to white out. A ballpoint pen, you, you can still use white out a little bit if you need to. Uh, so above a pencil, don't don't pencil it in, but ballpoint pen it in. Don't Sharpie it in. Uh, that's going too far. Uh, so Lou Dort, he can get better at the rim finishing. It's just a tough sell right now. Uh, Aaron Wiggins was so good off the bench. Wiggins is so good. I, I just love watching Aaron Wiggins play. Two for three from three, 14 points, a rebound, 62% from the floor, 22 minutes. Wiggins is awesome. Just is incredible. Isaiah Joe uh, got a three to fall, but still went one for three from beyond the arc. Uh, not his usual blitzing pace, but as Mark mentioned after the game, and I've been mentioning, he does a lot more than just shooting threes. It's very uh, reasonable to keep him on the floor. Uh, Sarich got minutes and looked good. Sarich is looking against the Suns each time he's played against them. Uh, I think that Sarich, like, it's a professionalism thing to stay ready for whenever your number's called, and it was just good to see. A nice game from Jay Will. Drew a couple charges, uh, seven points, two assists, eight rebounds, and a steal. Josh Giddy had some big threes. He had nine rebounds, eight assists, and had some great potential assists. And then Lindy Waters, it cannot be undersold how much how much he's improved defensively, but it just feels like every single time there's a timely three and he's open, he misses. Uh, but, but you know, he's a guy that shoots 36% from three, and so that's going to happen every now and then. But Lindy Waters still did not play that many minutes in this one, but he got that steal on Kevin Durant, uh, and in 10 minutes he, he made a lot of impactful plays in rotation defensively, which I thought was great to see. MVP of this game was SGA. Now, coming up, we're going to have your mailbag questions tomorrow, so make sure you drop them below. We're on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. We're also going to talk about the new CBA tomorrow a little bit. I'm not going to go too far into it because we're going to have all summer long of five days a week to talk about it, but just a little bit of what pops right now from the info trickling in. We'll also talk about Chet Holmgren and about this team, both present and future, tomorrow on that show. So make sure you subscribe because we're going to be here for you every single day and after every game, so make sure that you check that out as well. And until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.